Good morning or good afternoon, brothers and sisters. It's my official bishop lady voice. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, we are gathered here today with the mother of all creation, the nameless lady hero. <laughs> we are not allowed to talk about or ask about, but she birthed us all. Billions and billions of people for billions and billions of years. Perpetual surrogate. <laughs> Heavenly Mother is here. And it is me, Mary Magdalene herself, also resurrected, restored in all her glory to conduct this meeting. <laughs> and maybe at this point you listened to our previous episodes on diet culture. This one is separate, but piggybacks, you know, they all connect to you, connect. This one we're going to emphasize more on Mormon body shaming and Mormon body shame, like all the complexities to that. You guys have probably all had experiences at some point going to church and being fucking shamed. I'm sure body shamed, maybe clothing shamed, appearance shamed, one of that, all of that ties together. So here we are to unpack some of that today and, you know, storytell, share, divulge, Deconstruct all of it. So welcome. <laughs> hey, good morning or good afternoon. <laughs> yeah. so I have a cough, like a lingering cough. Um, so I guess like the body shaming in general, <laughs> it goes into the diet culture too. I had this bozo on my mission who is some stake president of somewhere, know how, don't care. It was my last transfer. And I got moved my last transfer to like the panhandle of Texas. And it was an overall pretty positive experience. Well, first off, missions are hell, but you know what I mean. And this guy like gave this sermon to us missionaries. It was a food shame sermon. And he said the words. And I looked at my companion because I was like, girl, what? And he said, the same feeling that you feel when you commit a sin is the same feeling when you eat something you're not supposed to. And I looked at her and I was like, it's not, but I mean. Yeah, it's the same as how he said, it's totally, it's the same as murdering someone. It's the same feeling you get when you punch a cat. Like, I, I don't know. I think he meant like, so what for him. Yet again, yet again, another Mormon man telling us their individual experience, projecting it as if yes, it is he universal. Feels bad, I guess, like he's sinning. If he eats a bad, quote, bad food, he feels like he's sinning. Like, it oh, was like, wild. Problem, mate? You might want to work on it. Like, and I gained weight on my mission. With everyone. And first and foremost, eating disorders were rampant on my mission between men and women. We had a discussion about it. But the church, just like every other fucking issue, it tells you this is a problem. We need to fix it. And then simultaneously throw gasoline onto the fire. So we were told, like, we're literally told, like, and the only place to go for help is us, is here. What it reminds me of, this is what it reminds me of. So I saw the film Spencer, which is actually really, really good. I don't recommend it to everyone because it's pretty triggering. Kristen Stewart actually does a good job acting. I was very surprised because I normally can't stand her performances. But this was like, she deserved an Oscar. She did, she did perfect. She did amazing. So Princess Diana in that film does suffer from a very specific eating disorder, bulimia. And the royal family within the film 
shames her for having bulimia. However, if you backtrack years earlier, Princess Diana was shamed for like her weight or her body in general. And at the opening scene in Spencer, they weigh her and they weigh all the royal family. It's as this tradition. So on my mission, now looking back years later, having the the training that I have on eating disorders and on psychology and on shame and et cetera, and working with feminine presenting people or um, people with uteruses as well. What it really comes down to is I want you to get to the result, but I really don't need to know how. So I think their issue wasn't that she had bulimia. Their issue is that they all knew about it. The issue is that she wasn't secretive enough because they're still food shaming her, body shaming her, and simultaneously perpetually shaming the way that she goes about maintaining a a starved look. Um, And Princess Diana was very beautiful. She was beautiful the whole time. She ever needed to. It was just horrible. The whole situation was horrible. And also, like I said, beauty is a multi-sensory experience, and it's not defined by weight. A lot of public weight. figures, like, you would be surprised that the majority of public figures have an eating disorder, or yes. have had an eating disorder, or will have a eating order. Like, it's just, it, it, no one talks about it yet. Everyone has it. Like, it's, it's I wish we could, re- like, remove the taboo and the stigma and the shame and the the demonizing of people who are struggling. Like we demonize people for having eating disorders. And then we're like, we don't don't know why they got it. They're just horrible people. It's like, and just like that perpetuates and creates and just, oh, it's the hamster wheel. Yeah, that's sad. I haven't seen that movie. I'm I'm sure it'd be triggering for me, but I also can probably handle it now at this point. But um, I'm glad at least they're showing the truth because she did actually, she did struggle with it. So at least they were doing it in a fairly truthful way instead of trying to like a lot of times in movies it's like the plot or it's the whole character or it's just <laughs> oh God, yeah or it's like so, so fucking embarrassing yeah and so like at least if they did it in a more accurate depiction then i appreciate that no oh, it, it was it was respectful and was it was a part of the trauma that was already going on and so for my mission when they were talking about you know eating on you know doing unhealthy dieting and eating restrictions etc there was also just kind of a culture of body shaming and food shaming in general that mostly didn't really come from a mission president but came from his wife um who also didn't take our health seriously period um so i experienced medical neglect on my mission i'll get into it so, in a later episode at some time so much medical like they uh it's you're you're lucky you literally survived like, yeah it was and i was in the states and everyone uh, told me the states would be safer it's not if you don't go to the doctor for a year and a half and it depends on what state you're in because uh it's not when you, you know, have a cancer scare, United which States I did. Diverse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it really wasn't. It really wasn't. It wasn't the best. And so I really do feel that way about the church in general, that it will, it's, it's part of being a woman. And it's part of nothing you do is good enough. And it's part, it's part of the shame. But ContraPoints, who I referenced in the Opulence video, Natalie Wynn made a really good point where she said, women are supposed to be, flawless and beautiful and gorgeous but we're supposed to act like we don't care 
We're supposed to act like we're not trying, but we're supposed to try. And so when it comes to body shaming, women that are very, very thin are, are, are ridiculed and judged for that. Um, women that have anorexia nervosa and it's like physically apparent are called really dehumanizing words the same way people are fat shamed yeah it's like how bony they are and how scrawny just these really degrading words everyone only notices that the only like that becomes that person's like whole whole identity whole like nobody cares about that there's that the human being in that body like we're like oh the shoes was good oh it starts all this gossip and the narrative and like that's harmful and bullying and like the whole point is like we want to get to a point where like people's bodies don't matter. They're not the main conversation topic. Like they're not something we have to all talk about is how someone looks and how their body is and how they're like, Oh, like I'm just so over it because yeah, it's damaging to super large bodies to be like, they're big. Do you know they're big? By the way, they're big. Let's talk about their diet. She's gained weight. Oh, oh, she's big. Or the same thing with skinny people. Oh, do you see how skinny she is? Oh, she's so skinny. Why is she so skinny? She, she must have an eating disorder. She's skinny. Give her some food. Tell her to eat. Like, all of that is so rude. It's super dehumanizing. It doesn't help. It perpetuates. Like it's you're not being helpful. Like highlighting somebody's fucking body and somebody's appearance. Newsflash. Not helpful. Doesn't do anything. Does unless not, you're gonna say something nice. Like shit. Just, <laughs> Don't yeah. say anything at exactly. all. That little unless golden you're rule. Literally fucking complimenting them. And even that, like for me, I'm like. I don't even trust comments. Like you don't have to compliment me. You <laughs> just not say anything. That's fine too. You know, like and if it can, you are, it's nice and it's nice. <laughs> and it also can reinforce diet culture if you are only complimenting someone because of their weight loss, and you're drawing attention to that. Like, oh wow, you lost weight. You look good. Like, can you just tell me I look good? Can yeah, you just tell me I look pretty you today? Oh, you look can you tell me that? It's like, yeah, I lost 70 pounds. Oh, that's what it is. It's like, you knew what it was. Like, you didn't need to make me say it. You could have just, you didn't have to say I look different. You could just say I liked my outfit. Like, where'd you get it? Like, oh, like, God. And it, the pressure, and I'm, I haven't had a child and I'm not Mormon anymore, but I did notice a lot of pressure. And maybe it was our generation for Mormon women to like look like they haven't had five kids but simultaneously have five children. Have five. Oh, I felt that pressure so much. <laughs> and I was just like holding out how dramatically would this happen for me because there's nothing you can do. And it's it's again kill yourself. It's but it's like, literally part of it. I want the end result. I don't <laughs> care how you get there. You know what I mean? Like, give me the five kids and look like you <laughs> did when you were twenty. I'm not gonna ask questions. I'm gonna look away. I don't care how or, you get. Or there. they're gonna if they do find out that you're doing. Like this is my experience. If you find out you're doing disordered eating habits and like unhealthy habits, then they're like let's focus in on her and draw so much attention to her that nobody will look at me and my shit. And we'll use them as like the punching bag because then it's not me. It's her. Like, like that's what happened to me. But yeah, I mean, I was afraid to talk about some things and like probably a few years ago, I wouldn't literally just because I was afraid that if I was open about, yeah, I've stu- I've severed from disordered eating and like it's something I work on every day and you know it's a lifelong thing we got to work through and you know I've had my ups and downs and I'm being transparent and being vulnerable and being honest and I was scared to talk about it not because like I was scared because some people will use that against me like people having that knowledge about me they're gonna they're gonna judge me. They're gonna think some kind of way. They're gonna bring it up, 
I was talking with my husband about it and I was like, I was like, I'm kind of nervous to do these episodes and share because I'm going to be a little vulnerable and just be like, yeah, I've struggled. Yeah, I've suffered with this. Yeah, I've tried everything in the fucking book. If you've thought of it, you've heard about it. You saw some died about it. You heard some time. I've done it all. I've tried it. It's been tried and true. Like I bought into all of that. Like since I was like 13 years old, I've been on some sort of fucking weight loss, body changing, body dysmorphia fucking <laughs> road. Okay. But I'm being honest with that. And every day, every year I get healthier and I get better and I get, I get more whole again. I get closer to who I'm really supposed to be. And it's fucking taking work and that's real. And so I'm just being honest, but my husband's like, okay, so the worst thing they can say about you Oh, they're going to come up to me be like, oh, that chick on the podcast, she used to have an eating disorder. Ooh. He's like, ooh, that's so bad. I'm like, I guess, like, when you put it like that, is it really that bad? I mean, like, he's like, he's like, yeah, newsflash, a lot of the women you know, they're like me. A lot of the women you love, you married, your mothers, your sisters, your daughters, like, they have struggled at some point. They are struggling at some point, maybe. They will struggle, hopefully not, but like we're trying to prevent that, but they might. Like that's just, it's so rampant. It's so saturated. It's so common. So I have to be honest about it. I'm not going to pretend. And so I was scared, but he's like, yeah, that's the worst thing they can say about you, that you really struggled, that you were suicidal, that you hated yourself, that you wanted to change your body, that you went to extremes because you felt like you weren't good enough and you were worthless. They want to harm you and use that against you. They want to use that to attack you. Like, that doesn't say anything on you. Like, like I'm and I'm not like we're we're not victims, we're survivors. But 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 that doesn't mean that like I, I feel like it it we perpetuate those the secrecy and the taboo and and the problem when you don't talk about it and you dehumanize those people, you demonize those people when really those people are the people you love. Those people are, their value isn't less because they struggled with disordered eating. They're not less of the person you thought they were. They're not, they're not a worse human being because they struggled with their body image. Like, you know, if, and so I, I was definitely really scared because I'm like, man, I don't want that to be public and have everybody use that against me for the rest of my life. Because that is my fear is like, oh, everyone who remembers, they're going to bring it up and dig it up every time they see me. And they're always, they're never going to forget that time that I struggled and that time I was, you know, heavily in it. And they're, they're always going to bring it back to me. But like it, the more public figures that speak out, the more people that are open and honest, the more we can connect with others and show empathy and compassion and healing. And like that, it gets better. Like, like I want to meet people on the other end, you know, like, and so if it risks me oh, ruining some of my reputation, like, yeah, not all of this was 100% natural, guys. Like, <laughs> you know, like, that's fine. And if you want to think less of me as a person, because I used to struggle with the eating disorder, that's, that's your thing. Like, that's your, your choice on me. Like, I'm still me. I'm still living my life. That was a part of who I was. That was something that I did. That's not my whole identity. It's not my future. That's not you know, just a piece of me and it's not evil and it's not bad. And I wasn't, I wasn't a bad person. You know, these women in your life, they're not bad. They're not less. They're not monsters. They're not, they're victims. They're hurting. Like 
they've been harmed. They're struggling. And so looking at them with condescension and an anger and judgment and, oh, I need to fix them. And they're so bad and let's exploit them and let's make it public. And let's, let's use them as an example. And like, that is, that's what is actually evil. Not the person, like not the person struggling. Like I developed those things because I had maladaptive coping skills and I thought they were helping me. I thought these things were fixing my problems. I thought they were making me feel better. But as we discussed in the other episodes, like they, problems were not that. Like, you know, it's a band-aid for the bullet wound. <laughs> like, you know, it's counterproductive. But yeah, so that's why I'm being vulnerable and I'm sharing because like I'm trying to I'm trying to make it like not just a concept, but a real person. It's a real thing. It's a really real issue that is shrouded in stigma, shame, and secrecy. And we're constantly critiquing women's bodies. We're constantly watching women. We're constantly judging them. We're constantly making note of everything they ever did and said and where and what they look like and every pound they gain. And like that is what perpetuates these problems. I'm trying to not perpetuate these problems anymore. I'm trying to like, you know, grow about and if you're not at a place about talking about it and getting help and like I totally get that. I wouldn't I wasn't at that place a few years ago even. But like I'm at this place now. You know, like I'm 31. I'm the healthiest I've ever been. Like that's not everyone's story. So you know I, I offer sympathy and room for all those people too. But that is why I'm choosing to talk now. And if you want to judge me and shame me and hate me that's your prerogative, you know, I'm still me. <laughs> and also unpack that, like, that's our biggest thing, like, with being XX Mormons is the, it sounds so harsh, the inherent need from Mormons, when we were Mormons as Mormons, to judge women, unlearn that behavior men do it women do it too unlearn that and what i've discovered as someone who works in the field of behavioral health is that if you it's a model it's a behaviorist model where there's unmet needs what is the behavior that someone is you know doing to meet that need and body shaming and disordered eating and etc all come from that. And so if I ethic at my myself and other people that I know who went through phases where like, yeah, we got super into this, whether it was working out dieting, et cetera, so on and so forth, or when I got super into the church and super into doing church stuff, it was an attempt to control what was uncontrollable. It was an attempt for control. It was an attempt for power. And it was a distraction from other things. And I think when we, as ex-Mormons, when we leave the church, something that was an authoritarian, high-demand environment, the danger, and, you know, Bishop Jensen and Elder Jackson talked about it before, the danger of slipping into something else similar, like, that still exists. And, like, please, for the love of God, do not let that become body shaming. Do not let your fixations be shifted we want to eliminate the fixation. We want to eliminate the need for fixations. We want to get to the core. And so a lot of times 
prefer, like I said, we, we want to be most we already are. For people that really don't like their bodies and want to be thin because of X, Y, and Z, what you really want is the illusion of the result of thinness. Is it to be beautiful? Is it to be loved? Is it to be is get it positive attention? Others. Is it the yeah. approval of others? Because you can get those things without that route. And also the grass is not greener on the other side. Thin women are not treated better. They're objectified just like big women are. It might be different. People might be nicer to them in public. They might get, you know, there are pr pretty privileges exist, but as a woman, we don't have a lot of privileges, period. Like we just don't. Um, and obviously light-skinned women and, and especially white women do have more privileges than women of color. We'll acknowledge that. Um, and then for someone who presents as white like myself, even though I am a Native American person, I have privileges that come from, you know, people perceiving me as white, period. Point is, stop judging women, stop body shaming, and sex shaming is a part of body shaming because you're judging and, what the body does naturally. And, and like... um. I mean, we're not going to like go into the dirty details, but yeah. And, and so healing's not linear either. It's not just like this graphic map because like, there's literally like there's valleys, there's hills or roller coasters, there's whatever. And you have to, once again, leave room for gray area. Leave. And the big issue for me is a lot of times my disordered eating habits or my unhealthy habits were socially acceptable. They were, they were adopted and allowed and embraced and supported by social norms, by, by trends, by family systems, by social circles. So like no one would even perceive them as disordered or bad eating habits. I was literally just, I was doing some things that a lot of people think are normal. A lot of people would argue that they're healthy or they're better or they're you know, orthorexia is a new thing that a lot of people don't accept, but that's the eating disorder where you only eat healthy foods. You have an obsession fixation with quote, has to be healthy. You won't ever differ or vary and eat something you don't consider healthy. So yes, you're eating. So you're not starving yourself. You are eating, but you're so hyper fixated and so obsessed with what the food is that it's unhealthy, disordered. So I did a lot of little tricks and little things that for a long time I thought weren't bad because everyone around me was doing or everyone else was reinforcing or everyone was saying that's not bad that's the way and so I think a lot of people are in that boat we're like probably listening right now who don't think they're probably thinking I don't have any disorder I don't have disordered eating I don't I'm fine I don't body shame I don't like but if they actually were to learn about the huge umbrella of disordered eating and all of that and rituals and OCD, they would actually probably realize that even they do some things that are considered disordered, you know, awareness. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> no, it's, it's true. And, and that spills over into several little isms. Like I said, with sugar cane, I was like, all the isms, all the isms kind of fall under the church umbrella. And that's so unfortunate because because of the nature of the cult, of the cult, yeah, I'll say it like that. Because of the nature of the cult, that the you know the church is culty. Listen to the bite model episode if you don't believe me. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. It really does infiltrate your brain. So several different things that you think about and that you perceive are unfortunate, and that's why I think I really am in getting to the the light at the end of the tunnel, and I really am getting into that better place. That's hard as an ex Mormon 
But you just have to take every single thing that you learned as a Mormon and unpack it. And it takes a really long time, but not really that long, probably like a year per decade that you're in. But the, the negative consequences of not persevering through your ex-Mormon journey, just don't risk it. Like, please continue to unpack and body shaming. I think body shaming for women in the church is different than for men, because for women, it's really internal. And for men, I think it's external. Like, they, they're taught to shame their sexual desires, as women are too. Yeah. But we're really... We really and men, blame men ourselves. Men shame fatness too. In Mormon, like men shame other fat men, shame men's bellies, shame, shame men's, men's small eating, arms. shame, men's, shame, shame men's wives shame too. Men. Yeah. So like it's it's not gender specific. Like I, my husband's a, a shorter, bigger dude, and he's got body shame for being short and for being bigger and for being and what like so it's men aren't free of it too, and you know but but women have more of the like clothing restrictions than men do. You know, and exactly. women are kind of blamed for the sexual things a little more than men are. But yeah, it, but it hurts everyone. But body shaming, like, men get bullied too. Men get ripped to fucking shreds for their appearance too, for no reason. Like, you know, it's, the dress was cutting men's hair and telling men they can't shave and like, oh, that's, that's harmful too. Like, just let a man live, you know? Just seriously. And part of body shaming is the and of fat phobia comes from the origins of ableism. So I'm going to tell really creepy little fun fact because I am all about this now. Back in medieval Europe, medieval Christianity, they believed in a pre-existence. So like the Mormon church is not original for that, but they believe that people that were born with physical disabilities or physical abnormalities were on a different spiritual plane and that in the pre pre life, they must have done something bad, and so this life was supposed to be like hell for them, so that when they died, they could go to heaven, and that's why they were so horribly mistreated. And while you have things like the Hunchback of Notre Dame, and you had other instances like that, so people viewed them as like mystical or magical or bad or like both, and mistreating them was justified because it was part of their spiritual punishment or whatever. And so often in European medieval fairy tales, right, the beautiful people are the good people and the ugly people are the bad people. And beauty is associated with righteousness. So when the beauty standards change, the same type of mentality around Puritan righteousness falls into the beauty standard, which right now is thinness. So fatness is then deemed unrighteous and bad. The polarity we early we talked about earlier, and then thinness is deemed as righteous and good, as well as ableism. So infertility is a huge struggle for many many people in the church. Infertility is almost exclusively placed on women, despite the fact that fifty percent of the time men struggle with it. Men and women, all people can struggle with infertility. To be sterile, to not be able to have children at all, period, is just as likely within women and just as likely within men. But time and time again, and it's in the Bible too, whenever a woman can't get pregnant, it's always put on her. She's barren. Or in ancient right? history, current history. It's always it's still, on even women. Even though we know the facts, we're like, it's still probably her. <laughs> And other notions are very, very medieval in their concept. So this idea that 
women have to have children young or it's more unhealthy was based off of research done over 200 years ago from France. Like it's not, you look, look at, uh, like, look that up past a certain age. It probably is unhealthy, but this whole like ladies crank them out as young as possible. That isn't even the best option for a lot of people, but we do, we body shame women for, for having children older, we body shame couples for not being able to have kids, et cetera, so on and so forth. But it's part of my point is infertility is part of body shaming because you're still shaming someone's function, someone's bodily yeah. Yeah, function. Still ableism. Yeah. And healthism or whatever. Cause they're like, Oh, did you do this? So we're always like, it's my woman's fault. There's something she did or didn't do. Or guys were like, you drink too many Mountain Dews. God, the unsolicited tips that you get as a Mormon woman for everything that you do in life is insane. The unsolicited tips to be more, to be more righteous, to be more spiritual, to be thinner, to get pregnant, to get a man. The unsolicited advice. To keep the man happy, even once you get him. (laughs) If you just say a fun fact about yourself, they will give you tips. Like, Okay, girl, <laughs> the Mormon multi-level mark, exist, the MLM, the MLM structure <laughs> begins at church. Yeah. The MLM structure begins. Mormons are, we can do an episode on how Mormons are so obsessed with MLMs, but it's real. Like, it's so funny. I, I don't have very many Mormon friends left oh, on my Facebook. The ones there. I do are in it. <laughs> Literally, no. and some of them are like, a lot of what I've noticed the trend with Mormon women that I'm like the few that I have on my, in my life on my Facebook is that they definitely have disordered eating, but they're doing it as like a health kick, like <laughs> fitness day. And you know, the ones, cause we'd be, we'd be, we'd be profiting off of it. Yeah. They're profiting off. I have of another it. woman who like literally hit me up before my wedding just to be like, so do you want to lose weight? And I'm like, literally go suck my dick. Okay. I didn't say that. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't say Dude, that, but it was I, it was weird. It was weird. I was like, no, I'm I'm good. I like being curvy. It is depressing that every time after I've had a kid, how many people come out of the woodwork to offer me like supplements, workouts, <laughs> workout plans. If I want to join their team, if I want to be their fitness accountability, like I I I mean, it was it actually did affect my self esteem after I had my third baby because I was like, I'm mentally not prepared for this, like. So many women just assuming that I was vulnerable, just assuming that I was desperate for their guidance and help and their diet tribe to lose the baby weight. That I was just like pining to go back to my old body, and like that it hurt me. Like it didn't. I remember like I remember being like, "Do I look so big in my pictures now that they're like mm, concerned?" Got to message her, and like it messed with my head because now I look back, I'm like, "No, I looked fucking great. What the hell?" They just assumed. They just assumed that I was thinking that I was like. No, and so now when I have friends who have kids, I'm like, don't buy into that crap. When you have the baby, you don't need to fucking work out. You don't need to lose the baby weight. Like, if people message you, let me know. Like, I will fucking come after them. Like, because it happened to me, and it's horrible, and it sucked. It's like, ladies, don't do this to each other. Don't. Like, if I wanted to, I'd reach out to you. I'd call you, boo. Like, I'd get my own personal trainer. Like, if that was my thing, I'd take myself <laughs> to the gym. I'd go through my own nutrition and Like, I would do my own thing. I don't need you in, like, Wyoming or Washington. <laughs> like, whatever to hit me up on a good friend. Like, I'm good. I've had four kids now. Like, I know the tips and tricks. I know, fact or not. But, yeah, it just, it actually did mess with me because I was like, 
good thing I'm not in such a horrible place. I wasn't in like my lowest of lows where I was like, damn, what the fuck? You're beating me when I'm down. You're literally kicking me down. I was in a pretty good space and I could, I could like logically and I could like sort of check with myself and be like, wait a second. What is, this is not me. I'm not the problem. He's like, he's like, stop. But yeah, a few of them, I had to like kindly tell them like, like, Hey, this, this is, you could, you're, you could be tricking me. Like you, you need to be more conscious who you're sending this to. Like, and I did it really nice. And most of them were like overly apologetic. Like, Oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't know. Blah, blah, blah. I didn't mean to offend you or hurt you. And it's just like, you guys didn't think like, you didn't think that of all these mass messages you send to these postpartum moms, that not a lot of them you're going to fucking hurt. Like I just, the lack of self-awareness, like even to the ones who don't have a history of disordered eating that's still fucking rude like I don't know how it's okay like it's even more rude if they have a history of disordered eating but it's still rude to like the ladies minding her business just had a baby and you put it upon yourself to like get him in on some fitness supplement or some like diet thing or something like no just like any chance tell her her congratulations and move on any chance to degrade a woman and make her feel less than the church and its members men and women will pounce on it because a woman that to me and i don't care if it sounds over the top i've never had a child so like just getting that out there a woman that gives birth has just done the incredible She's done the impossible or they, they don't, not all people that give birth identify as female or women. They have just done the impossible. They have done a miracle and that can't even be sat on and celebrated and marinated not and enjoyed one and one considered <laughs> beautiful. She can't be on a pedestal on a throne for any amount of time just like the mormon wedding thing (laughs) just like the mormon wedding thing you gotta remember your fucking place that's what that sounds like you can't even have a good day you can't have a day like oh motherhood this thing we told you to fucking do since you were born that it's like the biggest thing the ultimate thing and the second you have a baby you're like please pretend you didn't please look like you didn't please present like you never did don't you dare breastfeed in public body. put those titties yeah. away those yeah. are just there titties to seduce men, men. Like, we don't want to <laughs> know that the body shaming them. does not stop like, because yeah, breastfeeding shaming breastfeeding is I mean, body shaming you're shaming a body for doing what it does yeah. let shame, women shame, fucking breastfeed in public mind your business look away i don't know to tell you like she doesn't need a cover she doesn't need to go in another room she's feeding her child she's minding her business she's taking care of her baby like she's feeding her child that's glorious that's amazing that's beautiful like same thing giving birth whether you have a c-section you push a baby out like you fucking had a child human being in your body and like days later we're like you getting back to the gym yet <laughs> you took nine months to gain that weight and we're like instantly need to lose it don't even give them a don't don't sit and and enjoy the feat that has occurred here don't sit and embrace and be happy (laughs) in in the fact that bodies change and that this was meant to happen and this is part of that experience natural process yeah it's never good enough always hate yourself that's (laughs) 
that's the mess. That's a Mormon tagline. It's never good enough. Always hit yourself. Go get baptized. <laughs> exactly. It's Mormon slogan. That's the Mormon slogan. <laughs> yes. And also part of the Mormon slogan is, and I've said it before and I'll say it again. It will come up well, numerous times. The church and other churches tell you what the problem is and then tell you how to fix it. Masturbating is a problem and we're the answer to fix it. Like masturbating never was but a problem ever. We're making you ever. think about it. Do it more. Fixate about it. Talk about it. Because masturbating more. and sex shaming but, but so is part of body shaming. Like it's all connected. Yeah, it's all just one shame. Wait. Shaming the human experience. <laughs> Instead of being like, wow, miraculously, you survived fucking childbirth. We're like, so when are you going to get back to having sex again? When are you going to get back to that pre baby body? Then are you literally just had a fucking baby? Like, you shouldn't have to go back to anything. You're like, this is the new me. This is the new normal. Like, this is what happens. Like, uh, I can't, I want the same machine. We can't undo the kids. So, like, what the fuck do you want from me? But yeah, you're right. It's literally, you're never good enough. You did this great thing that's great for you, but also, no, you still need to do this. Now, now you're ugly. Now you're like, you know, it's like, it's like, like it, it's, such, it's, it's such a disservice to women. It's such a disservice to everything their bodies go through. It's such a disservice to like natural processes like aging. Like, why is aging bad? Why is it a bad thing? It's fucking natural. It's normal. Everyone ages. Like, just let it be. Just like, because bad. none of the general yeah. authorities <laughs> have had any plastic surgery, but all their wives have. Not all the general authorities are thin, but all their wives are. It goes back to that we will run out of time. So yeah, we'll we can do one more. No, I have to go to bed. Okay, they don't okay, know what this okay. airs. You, the people that are listening okay. to this, listen to this we, we, we will ruminate. <laughs> I'll think of little time. graphs to add on to it because it's all body shaming is a part oh, of diet time. culture and sex shaming and ableism. Purity, yes, healthism, able, you know. It always goes back to hating over. women, though. That's like the church's pillar. Misogyny. That's its cornerstone. <laughs> so who should hey, we close? Misogyny. Now kids. <laughs> close <laughs> in the name of... I looked up that doctor from 600 Pound Life because I wanted to close in his name. Doctor now. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no disrespect to him, but I just think that the whole phenomenon is wild. <laughs> it's wild. It's truly wild. Like, yeah, Doctor Now, because yeah, his full name is Now Zarada, and I'm not sure I'm saying that correctly, but <laughs> Doctor Now, we close in his holy name. Now you know. <laughs> He was in the name of Doctor now. <laughs> Peace and blessings. <laughs>